0: Kara lost her mom unexpectedly. She channeled her grief and all the things she's craving to hear from her mom into a guided journal so that we can leave behind advice, love, and support for our loved ones. You can find her journal, Legacy Letters, on Amazon. Please go to the show notes for all of the details. As always, please remember to rate and review the podcast. And now, Kara's story. Hi, this is Beth and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today I have with me Kara um, and Kara is a a fairly recent daughter without a mom um, and already has done a lot of work in um, her own grief journey. So I'm going to turn the mic over to her and let her introduce herself and tell us her story and then I will be back with a few questions at the end.
1: So welcome Kara and thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, thank you for creating this platform for us because that's very healing. Um, yes, my name is Kara Sanchez and I live in the Chicagoland area. I'm a high school Spanish teacher. Um, and this past summer, my mom unexpectedly passed away when she was on a trip um, to Italy. Um, so I thought it would be important to start. Just to introduce my mom and explain who she was as a person, um, my name was her name was Laura. Um, she was fifty-seven when she passed away, um, and my mom was a teacher as well. So I feel like in a lot of ways I looked up to my mom and I wanted to follow in her footsteps. She was a family and consumer science teacher, so I feel like everyone who graduated from her high school, her class was their favorite um, foods, sewing child development she ran the the preschool program um so not only did she deal with high school students but then um you know three and four-year-olds in the community as well um and just everyone that i ever encountered that had my mom as a teacher just was so excited to run into her in public um I used to get annoyed having to go like grocery shopping or anything like that with her because I knew it wasn't gonna be as simple as just going to pick up what we needed. It was like running into two or three former students and um, talking to them in the aisles for 10, 15 minutes and catching up and um, I guess at the time I didn't appreciate how special that was um, because now when I'm a teacher and I run into my old students, it makes me so happy when they want to talk to me. And um, it just, it's a special moment to see how much she impacted a lot of people's lives. Um, She was just such a a bright and happy, fun person. She um, was a concert goer. She was obsessed with Jimmy Buffett, big parrot head, Um, loved going to baseball games, and she just loved to travel. That was something that she picked up um i want to say 15 years ago or so she started a travel club at her high school and she took students on cl- um trips all the time um and that just became her passion to explore and try new things um and i was just growing up very close with my mom um she was only i think 23 when she had me so it, we, there wasn't like a huge age gap um and because you know, in our adult lives, we were both teachers, we had so much in common in that aspect. Um, And so I feel like she was someone that I would call right away, as soon as the school day was over. That was like my buddy that I would talk to on the way home, kind of debriefing about my day. Um, But yeah, my mom was just such a force and such a positive person. And everyone considered her like their best friends, and that was actually something that happened um, during her celebration of life, is all of these people kept saying, Laura was my best friend, and then they would all joke at the end, they're like, wow, I didn't realize that, you know, I considered her my best friend, but maybe she didn't consider me, you know, her best friend, because she has like 15 best friends here, <laughs> so, um, but that's also been special, because watching all of those ladies bond over my mom has been kind of cool, because they've kind of created their own friendship. But, um, yeah, so, um, I guess my story somewhat starts with COVID, um, only because that was the first time I was pregnant was in the fall of 2020. So it was like six months into COVID COVID, and, um, you know, I had my baby in my first baby in October, um, and it was just a really difficult time, time for my mom and I, because, you know with like social distancing at the time and having a new baby at home and just everything that was going on it was hard to see each other in person and that was so hard to deal with at the time and that's something that although i know it wasn't my fault just looking back it makes me sad knowing that there was some time with my mom that i felt like i didn't get to spend with her especially with her being a new grandma and she was just so excited to be a grandma um but then when I got pregnant the second time so I guess it was still technically COVID but it was towards the end um I was just thinking like this is going to be the redo like the time um that she is going to have now with um our second baby and it's it's going to be great and moving forward we're, this is going to be a blip in time that we never are going to look back on it's just going to be okay and um this past summer, I was approaching my eight month part eight-month uh, mark being pregnant. And my mom had been struggling with this cough at school, but it, it never really occurred to me that something was wrong with her. Um, and she was just the type of person that she would just force through any type of ailment. Um, she was in charge of planning the prom at her high school. And so she knew that, you know, that needed to get done. And that's what she was focusing on. But she had this awful cough and it was lingering for months. Um, And she was also getting ready for this trip that she had planned. It was an adult trip, not a student trip this time um, with around, I think, 25 people. Um, My father was there, a lot of her friends from college, friends from work, just friends throughout all phases of life. They were planning this um, tour of Europe where they started in Italy and they were going to go to Greece and it had gotten delayed because of COVID. So she was finally having this moment that she was so excited for. And then she was also just so excited for me to have my baby. Um, so I felt like, you know, things were coming to this like cherry on top moment. Um, but in June, um, I went into labor early. Um, And I, after all of these years of trying to avoid catching COVID, I went into labor early while I had COVID. Um, Fortunately, I did not have really any negative symptoms. So I was fine. I just had a a little bit of a fever. But because I had COVID, obviously then my husband uh, had COVID. And so I called my doctor and I said, hey, I'm in labor. And I also tested positive for COVID this week. Like, what do I do? And she's like, well, you know, obviously you need to come to the hospital and um, we'll kind of figure it out when we get there. And I asked her, I'm like, can my husband come in with me? She said, yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, we don't worry about that kind of stuff anymore. And so we're on our way to the hospital and um, they said, actually, we need to verify that you are in fact in labor. So we're gonna send you up. And once we see that you are dilated, then we'll send your husband up. And so I'm upstairs um, and I was at the time um, really trying to have a VBAC. So I was trying to push back an epidural and all those things. And um, but I was alone and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. And the nurse came in and said um, that, no, unfortunately, the hospital policy was that Um, because my husband had tested positive for COVID, they were not going to let him upstairs. Um, and I was just freaking out and I didn't know what to do. Um, so my husband had called me back and he said, I called your mom and she's on her way because she was COVID negative. So, um, yeah, that was the last experience that I had with my mom was, um, the birth of my daughter um and it was I'm just so grateful for that moment um so special um and of course <laughs> um in I ended up having a c-section again the VBAC thing didn't work but um while I'm laying on the table and my mom is all with her uh scrubs and everything on <laughs> she goes Carolyn and she noticed that one of the nurses that was in the, um, the surgical room with me was one of her students. (laughs) So I'm like, of course, um, we can't, we can't escape, you know, the people that my mom knows. She just knew everybody. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she was there for that. She got to cut the cord and, um, it was just so special that, you know, I felt like she, kind of redeemed herself in the sense that she got that that time back that she didn't have with my first daughter um and then of course the next day um my husband tested negative and they're like oh yeah he can come up now <laughs> and so at the time you know we were just like this is insanity I can't believe that this happens like my husband should have been here all along but um clearly the universe had other plans for us because I didn't know that um, that was going to be the last time I saw my mom. Um, So my husband came up and the nurse said, you know, technically there's a one visitor rule. Um, So, you know, we are going to ask Laura to leave. Um, So they gave us like an hour to kind of sit together and we all talked and we had some laughs and just joking. And then I said, you know, mom, like, I'm so excited that you get to go on this trip. And I was joking with her about, you know, go have some limoncello, have some wine, rest up because we're going to need like a babysitter, you know, when you get back. Um, Yeah, she, you know, walked out and I didn't know that that was the last time I was going to see her. Um, So they flew out to Italy and uh, my dad had texted me when they got there and he said, you know, your mom had a really awful flight, her cough was acting up. Um, We're going to try to take her to the doctor first thing in the morning to see if we can get her some medicine. And the next day, um, we were in the nursery with my daughter at the hospital still. And my phone kept ringing. And I would have normally just ignored it, but it just it kept ringing, and so I told my husband, "Here, take the baby. Um, I need to answer this." And as I was walking out of the nursery into the hallway of the hospital, um, it was my dad calling from my mom's phone, and he had told me that my mom had passed away. And I mean, that's just something that like nothing ever prepares you for. Um, it honestly shook me to my core. Um, I just remember being in the hospital hallway, just, like, crying, Um, and it was, yeah, that's a core memory that I wish I could erase, to be honest, because it was just so difficult to deal with, Um, and I just didn't understand um, what had happened. I didn't understand how she was just there, and she was fine. Yeah, she had a cough, but I didn't think people died from that. Um, um, So, yeah, until this day, I guess we still don't really truly know what happened. I think being in a foreign country, it was really hard to, um, I guess, ask questions or um, figure out if there was like an autopsy or anything like that. Like everything was just like pure shock for my dad and um, all of her friends and my dad and everybody that was out there in Italy, because that was, I think, technically the second night, um, they decided to finish the trip in her honor. Um, they were out there for two weeks. Um, and yeah, that was just a long two weeks, two, long two weeks waiting for my dad to come home. But yeah, I was just, you know, waiting for my dad to come home and waiting for, you know, my mom to come home, her remains to come home. And just, it was such a sh- surreal moment, you know, my dad coming home from the airport with my mom's bags, but not my mom. Um, so yeah, we ended up having a beautiful celebration of life for her um we did it at the beach in the town that we grew up in and there was probably i don't know 200 300 people there everyone dressed in hawaiian gear um and we all just sat and watched the sunset because that's what she would have wanted to do so that was i mean i'm really proud of us for putting that all together and trying to find something to honor her in a positive way. But um yeah, I guess since then the first couple months were just so difficult because, you know, not I'm only not only am I dealing with grief, but I'm dealing with postpartum and a toddler at home adjusting to a new sister. And um it was just very complicated, very messy. Um a very blur uh Time in my life. Now, looking back, I don't know how I did it all. Um, and then when I started back after maternity leave in October, I mean, that was even harder because thinking about how I would just be leaving school and I should be calling my mom, um, or how my mom should also be at school right now, um, that was just, it was painful and um, very unavoidable, right? It was just in your face all the time. Um and then I think another layer to it was because of the postpartum period. Um I couldn't stop thinking about how one day it's going to be my turn and I'm going to be leaving and I don't want to leave my daughters in the condition that like I'm currently in, like just completely lost, struggling, searching for more, wishing I had more, wishing I had that one more conversation with my mom. Um, And so from that, I I definitely channeled a lot of my pain, a lot of my struggles into um, something that I I recently created, and that is a guided journal. Um, And the intention, again, behind that is, I just wish I could talk to my mom still. Um, that's, that's something I wish every day and although maybe leaving this journal behind for others is not a substitution for a phone call, it, I can imagine would feel really nice to at least open up a book and see their handwriting and see their advice and their thoughts on things, their support, honestly, anything that creates that connection to them again um is truly what I was striving for when I when I created this um yeah and I think just to like using my my teacher hat my teacher brain these are things that I do in school all the time and um I have some girlfriends that we talk about like what we think our purpose is in life and while I do think that being a teacher is important, I don't know if it was necessarily scratching that itch for me, if it was like truly like a calling moment. And I feel like, yes, through the gifts I've learned um, and the, the gifts I've polished from being a teacher, I was able to apply those to this. And I really think it can help a lot of people that are in a position like me um, one day. And so that's my goal. Um, that children or nieces or nephews or friends or whoever whoever they're missing, they can open that book and just have a piece of that person back for a little bit. So, yeah.
0: And what's the name of the journal? Um, it is called
1: Legacy Letters. Um, I don't know if this helps because <laughs> we're mm-hmm. on a podcast, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it helps um, me. <laughs> yes. Uh um it's called Legacy Letters it's on Amazon um I don't know I'm if there's other options out there I would love to know but as of right now that was the easiest and fastest way for me to get it out um as quick as possible and that was like my end goal I I started this around February um and then I was able to publish it on April 11th um and since then I've sold uh almost 300 copies so or I think wow. i was I think I did hit my 300 mark yeah I think I did so wow
0: yeah. wow um and how did did you produce
1: the whole thing yourself like yes um so I designed everything just on Canva which is um I don't know if anyone is familiar it's kind of a mixture between like a word processing slash presentation tool slash you can pull clip art and different things. And, um, I personally think it was super easy to make, but that's again, me, my teacher brain, right. That uses that for school. Um, but yeah, I just, one day it came to me. I told my friends about it and they said, Kara, you need to act on this immediately. Like, don't let another day go by. Like, don't think about it. Just do it. And so that's what I did, and I just sat down and I um, thought of all of the times since my mom has passed that I wish I could have talked to her, called her about something. Um, and that's what I tried to include in there. And then obviously, as the months went by, I was like, "Oh, just one more, or just one more. Oh, maybe this one too," <laughs> you know. And it slowly, um, you know, compounded. Uh, I think I gotta count. I think there's 45 or so, um, plus some like blink. Um, Like freestyle ones, right? Or you can kind of leave your own piece of flair in there. But um, they're broken into sections, and yeah, I think it's just like a a beautiful thing that someone could potentially buy, and they don't need to put any pressure on themselves to fill it out. It's just as you come across something that you feel like is notable or something that you would want to include in there, just just do it because leaving something is better than nothing, and. I guess that's what I have. I don't I don't have a lot of letters from my mom. I didn't save anything like that. And my mom wasn't really the type of person to like leave messages and things like that into cards either. So I I even wonder if maybe she would have filled this out or not. But I definitely I imagine the things that she would have said, that's for sure. <laughs> so
0: I was thinking about that. Like have you have you answered any of the questions
1: like from your mom's point of view? Yes, I have. Um, Mm -hmm. especially like advice questions or, um, like when I'm feeling especially griefy, um, I feel like my mom would just tell me to put on my big girl pants. That's something she would say. Um, but, um, yeah, my mom had a lot of, a lot of one-liners, just like really funny witty things that she would say. And so I feel like I don't know. I can hear her voice as I open the book sometimes and just the little things that she would say. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's such a, it's such a hard thing to confront the fact that like, we are all here for a short time. Um, But I do think the sooner that we just face that the easier it is to just continue on living a more authentic life because you do, then it's already processed. Like we are here for a short time and the goal is just to live as much life as you can, you know, and not to waste a single drop. Um, and so I think for me, that's what I've learned out of this entire experience is that we don't have control of when we're going to go. Um, and these are things we can control, right? We can, we can leave things behind. We can make sure we tell people how much we care about them. Um, we can make sure that things are not left unsaid. That's what we can control. And I think that that's what we need to do um, to live our best life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I think it's an amazing idea. And I think, I actually think, um like for the person filling it out too, it's, it's almost like a, a self journal. It's almost yes. like journaling, you know, for yourself, but then with the intention of it
1: being given to
0: someone else, mm-hmm. the the duality of the purpose is really beautiful. Yeah,
1: no. And I, I was even thinking about journaling the other day. Um, for me, journaling can be hard. Um, it's so open-ended and You sometimes put pressure on yourself to find these thought-provoking things to put into paper. And when you have a guided journal, at least when there's very specific things that you're supposed to hone into and focus on, I think you're able to come up with a lot more than you think that you're capable of. So I think that's why it's important as well, um, because the prompts are very specific. um, And... I I think it was designed that way in my opinion I I did do that because um again there was very specific times when I needed my mom and I didn't have her so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm. wow wow I love it I love it I can't wait I can't wait to see it Um, I'll make
1: sure to send you a copy
0: (laughs) um do you have like is there a favorite question that you have like could you ch- or share one with us just to give us an idea um, yeah let me flip through
1: um Sorry. well so this one um again it's very specific it's it's a it's in the advice section um and the prompt is called when the milk turns sour uh something some things in life have an expiration date relationships friendships jobs etc here's some advice on knowing your worth and when it's time to walk away Um, so I feel like right now, um, a little bit, I've been struggling with my work, my job, um, school has been extremely challenging this year, um, just with like the cell phones. And I just feel like post COVID, um, the students are just, it's a little different than what it was. And I've been questioning whether or not this is something that I need to stick with or, maybe it's time for a change, you know? And um, I wish I could have that conversation with my mom. I I think she would tell me to stay. Um, But I also think that she would give me some really great advice on how to deal with maybe some of the challenges that I've been dealing with. And again, remembering my worth, right? Um, I think sometimes where people people pleasers and um we just want to make sure everyone's happy but obviously that's not always going to work out you know and so i think in the classroom i need to remember some of her advice so mm-hmm.
0: yeah i love that yeah i actually just re-released a podcast that i did before it's called you are worthy mm-hmm. for that for that very same reason because it's just it's a you know it's a cycle it, we all can use some advice on how to remember to, you know, keep giving ourselves the, the grace that we need. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's amazing. Um, I, You know, when you were sharing your story, uh, I was originally getting so like, when they wouldn't let your husband come up, I was like, oh my gosh, like when the births and deaths that happen with people being alone, just like we, we can't unring that bell, but that is just, just, just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. But then when it turned out to be then the opening for your mom to be there, we are right. The universe had a plan that
1: you and your husband didn't know about. I know. Um, and for me, like, that's the only thing right now that gives me peace is I, I don't know how it works, but I can't help but think that that was her door, her exit time to go. And that ensured that we had the, the time together that we needed before she left. And I don't know, I, all I can chalk it up to is that that was part of the plan. So
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Wow. And I can't imagine that those two weeks for you, I can't imagine your dad still being there, but the, he was surrounded with his people. I mean, besides, besides his family, Yeah. Right. Those were all their friends and Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, yeah. That two weeks of waiting. Yeah. It's been really hard.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it almost made it unreal. Right. Because in my head, I'm just like, well, she's on vacation. She'll come back. Um, but that was just a whole another wild experience that, man, I, I don't even know how to put it in the words. So, but, um, I think you know, I know you. You ask for advice sometimes, or you know, for other grievers, how to deal with things. And the only thing I could say is, during that time and even now, um, you need to find people who get it. And then the people who don't get it, you can't expect them to get it because they just simply don't. You don't know what you don't know. And I relied heavily on people who had lived through. Obviously, not a similar situation. I think my situation is very unique. But um, who have lived through a loss of a parent um, at that time to be my guiding light or my beacon to show me that it's possible to get to the other side. And I think that's another mis- misconception too: is that like you get to the other side and it's fine and. It, it's like no, you get to the other side and you just are able to function again, <laughs> but it's never going to be fine. Um, you're always going to miss that person. You're always going to have this void, but um, you just carry on and you bring them with you in your heart instead of you know holding their hand physically. So, mm-hmm. yep, carry
0: on and bring them with you. If you've never been on the podcast, I take notes the whole time while while people are sharing and i'm muted so i always just like to try to write down the things that that um i really resonated with they resonate with and i like that a lot carry on and bring them with you mm. yeah. yeah i bristle at that well you just got to move on or you, yeah 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 those, those are those people that don't get it that you were just yeah. talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well, well, I you just you know gave me your final thought, but the one thing I wanted to maybe encourage you to think about because mm-hmm. you were able to channel all your gifts into doing and making this you said you started in February and published it in April, like wow, and with two yeah. small kids at home and working. <laughs> wow, um, one of the things that I think about, like you said, you know, that we have to acknowledge that death is a part of life, and um, maybe some sort of resource for, uh, I don't know, like ending well, or or um, I don't know, I think about, like you talked about your mom's celebration of life, like I was making me think all this, I'm sorry, I'm being very disjointed here, you had you had two weeks before your mom came home, which in some ways, like I, we, I talked to a lot of people about that the loss happens and it's the funeral and it's this yeah. and, that and everything's very fast paced and hurried and, and important and just like in your face. And then all of a sudden it's all gone. And then you're left with this wave of, you know, the reality hitting you because all the hoopla has died down. Um, you know, I think we should think about different ways to how we handle loss in in our culture here because i have talked to other people like i know like um the jewish culture they sit shiva and like for a month they actually mourn or more i think Uh, but it's just interesting to know what other people to to do to honor to honor death it it should be honored and Mm -hmm. lives should be celebrated um anyways you think about it as you continue with your teacher brain and using Canva and yeah. all, of the, all of the things that you do. I mean, I use Canva too, but I don't have that. I'm not creative in that way. So he said, it made it easy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so if you're listening and you're in the car or running or something, all of the information for Legacy Letters will be in the podcast show notes. We'll put the Amazon link in there. So that if you're interested sure. in it, you can check it out. Um, do you do anything with, do you have a website or an Instagram I do. page? Okay. Um, Which,
1: so my Instagram handle is at Legacy Letters Journal. And then my website is also www.legacylettersjournal.com. So great. Lucky for you all that was available. Yeah. I know. I I don't know how because I feel like it's I I didn't realize until after I started doing this that like legacy work is a thing in hospice and I was like, "Oh, well, news to me." So, um I guess I I just nailed it on the head. I didn't realize that it was such a popular thing, but um yeah, it worked out. So, mm-hmm. meant yeah. to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. Well, thank
0: you. Like I say karams sad that you're a part of the club, but I appreciate you being here
1: today and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you for Mm -hmm. being a great leader of our club. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.